the Clarity Podcast. Just wanted to um, come to you today with this special episode, uh, bonus episode. You know, this podcast is all about providing clarity and life and mission. And um, in the days we've went through the last few days with the uh, information that's coming out with the coronavirus, a lot of information is coming out. And there's been a sense of maybe destabilizing, um, lack of understanding what's going on. And just thought it would be good just to come today to you with this episode, just to share a little bit of information. Um, We'll start off with some medical information, then we'll move on um, to some things that uh, we can do. We'll talk a little little bit about fear and anxiety, and then we'll look at some scriptures of word of encouragement and just spend a few minutes um, praying um, together. I, I believe in obviously in the power of prayer that God will use this to speak to you. So one is uh, Heather, Dr. Heather Martin had sent out recently an, an update and some um, advice and ideas on what we can do individually to help protect ourselves from the virus. At that time when she had sent it, that, sent that first um email out, there wasn't a whole lot of cases of uh, coronavirus in Africa, and I don't know how many of them are now. I just, uh, as a time as I recorded this today, saw in the news the first case in Kenya, and there's other places that have had had cases. And so w- what can we do? And there's a lot of false information out there, many ideas, and, and what can we do as people living and working in Africa? What can we do to protect ourselves? What can we do to protect our family? And I just would refer you back to her email. She, she gave some very practical insight. Sometimes in health, we want complicated things. Um, we want, so if you do these complicated things, maybe we'd follow that. But as Heather outlined in that very well, washing hands and the idea of washing hands um, thoroughly and for 20 to 30 seconds with, with soap and water. Um, if you don't have um, soap and water available, which many of us do not have at Africa at times, the water will cut off just when we really want it. Um, hand sanitizer, you know, with uh, a higher alcohol alcohol content in it is is valuable and um, not the greatest substitute. Many of you know, I've, you know, Aaron Santamire, I should have invested in Perel because I carry hand sanitizer everywhere I'm at and with me. I'm a big believer in it, but just washing our hands and keeping our hands clean um, goes a long way. The, the best way to protect yourself from the, this virus is to not be exposed to it. And so one of those first things that we can do is wash our hands. Obviously, if you're around someone that is, is coughing and sneezing, and uh, obviously you would want to put some distance. And there's been some debates. Should that be three feet, six feet? I don't think we can get a, a measuring tape out and measure how far we are from people. At the same time, um, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be up close with them. I, I think that's just the idea. Not running, not fleeing at the same time, but give yourself a, a good distance between um the, the person that is coughing and sneezing and, and then you, because we know that it, it can be transmitted that way. And so just good hand washing techniques and those things can help from prevent from being exposed to it. Um, limit touching your face, limit keeping your hands from rubbing your eyes and, and keeping your hands out of your mouth. You know, with kids, that's, that's tough. Um, I, I have kids and, and I like to rub my eyes. And so I know those things are, are hard to do, but there are something basic we can do to once again prevent ourselves from becoming in contact with it. If you do come down with a fever, if you do come down with cough, if you do come down with shortness of breath, 
those you know those are the primary signs at, at the present time that they're talking about this virus and the information that's coming out with it is fluid meaning that it's changing and as they gather more data and the scientist i'm not in any way i'm a nurse practitioner but no way an expert on the coronavirus would not propose to be in any way shape or form but as you look at it you see that the the, the information is more and more comes out they're learning more about the virus and as it adapts and so um cough Fever, shortness of breath, those should be signals that maybe um, you've been exposed to it and um, should, if possible, to be tested. And um, I think that would uh, be very good. Also, just very basic hygiene matters as far as keeping your hands clean, hands off the face, and not being around people that are coughing, sneezing, or fever. Now, you're probably saying, well, Aaron, I heard that people could have the virus, not have symptoms, and maybe they're giving, and, and that's right. The reality of it is there's certain things that we can't control, and um, that might be one of the things we can't control in the sense that we don't know. And that's why there's advice. As we know, in the U.S., they've canceled the NCAA tournament. I'm a Mountaineer fan. I'm upset about that. But the reality of it is having people in a close environment um, where they could be exposed and maybe asymptomatic and not even know they have it and spreading it to other people. And, and so that's why those environments where you're around a lot of people in close quarters, you know, could t- potentially put you at risk um, for getting the, the virus. And so... I. Those are some basic things. I would refer you back once again to Dr. Heather Martin. You can go to your emails and um, see what she has sent. If you didn't receive that email, the CDC has a plethora of information on that. That's where I go when I'm looking for sources of information that I can trust, not Googling, not reading the latest news article, because the reality of it is most of those newsmen and women are great people. But I don't know, you know, are they doctors? Are they are they giving me information that somebody else gave them? I don't know. So anyway, referring back to that, cdc.gov. That's where I go for health information. There's lots of information on there um, that you can go to. That's a reliable source, source that you we can count on. And um, as far as viable information that you can put into practice to help you um, from... You know, to, once again, the way to prevent getting the coronavirus is to try to d- decrease the amount of exposure you have to it. And so I think those are those important things just to keep in mind. The other thing I just wanted to come and, and share just with, is a word of encouragement. Um, that's the medical side. But the other side is, is we're living overseas. We're living in environments. Um, the fear and the panic and the hysteria, we can almost take that in. Now, we're more aware than we ever have been when we, with social media, with Instagram, with Facebook, with the news feeds, more information that, that we, 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 we haven't. And a lot of times that information can... Um, Put gas on the fire of fear. Put the gas in the fire of panic. I'm not trying to diminish the situation. I'm not trying to say there's not a virus. I'm not trying to say that in any way. I do know, though, that fear and panic and hysteria are not from God. And um, I know from somebody who struggles with fear, I can tend in that direction. I can drift in that direction. And I um, just want to give you some encouraging things that I have been um, going over in my, in my heart and mind over the last few days just to keep me centered on the trust of, of who God is and what um, what God is in my life and, and how we can trust in Him. You know, fear is this this looming uh, idea, an emotion of, of looming loss. And as, 
if, if you've heard me share, I've shared in the past Clay Scroggins' um, Fear Pyramid. And um, when, when Clay shared that, um, he shared, you know, there was some basic levels to this fear pyramid. And when we look at this coronavirus and this situation, it honestly hits on all those levels. Some people, you know, the base of that pyramid is extinction. And that's just the fear of dying. If I get this virus, am I going to die? If I get this virus, or is one of my children going to die? Or And so we look at that and we that basic fear can arise there. And some people would say, well, you know, what? I don't have a fear of dying. I know who God is. I love Jesus and I'm ready to meet him. Maybe that's not where the fear creeps in in your life, but maybe it is the loss of autonomy. You know, there's been changes in travel. Um, we know there, the missionaries and people that are working in Italy now, are in, they cannot leave towns in certain areas. And so they've lost some of that autonomy. And man, they fear that because we want our independence. We want to be able to make our own decisions. We want to do the things we want for ourselves, make those decisions. But in these type of environments where people, governments, and, and other people are making decisions for our perceived good, we can have a fear of, of losing my autonomy and not. And so once again, trusting in God um, for that, that God um, puts rulers in place, has rulers in place, and that we can trust in him um, all day long. The other thing is we look as we're, we're living overseas is separation. Many, as we've seen with this coronavirus, there does seem to be a, a for people that are that are older, those that have um, other health conditions seem to be more susceptible to the severe cases of it. And then our minds can begin to think about, you know, my mom or my dad or my relative or somebody that's older and am I going to lose them? And then we that fear of loss and separation, which is the third level in that pyramid, that can creep in. And we begin to think about, what if I lose them? And, and now we have three things that it's not just me dying, but what if I'm separated from, from a family member? And what if if they and I'm not there to help them and the struggle with that of living overseas having family a long way from us that we want to care for that cared for us when we were when we were children that loved and cared for us and then now we're separated from them and not and so fear can also it can creep in and um, it can it can be debilitating and create more panic as we try to get information and um, want control in that the last the last at the top of that pyramid is it was ego and that's the sense that what if I make a wrong decision what if I what if I get the virus and maybe I give it to somebody else? Or what if I make a mistake caring for my kids? What if I make a mistake for the team I lead? What if I give the wrong information or wrong? And we begin to fear and we can almost be paralyzed in our fear that the, the leading a team or being a husband or a wife or, or a whatever we're doing, that somehow we're going to make the wrong decision and we can be paralyzed in that. And that goes back to what I shared about sharing the facts, going to the, the CDC. And once again, um, at, once we have the information, trusting in God, that God will give us the wisdom. You know, my prayer is Reggie Joyner um, prays, um, and that's who I learned the prayer from, is um, God give me wisdom, then God give me courage. And then God give me God give me the the faith to trust you with the outcomes. And I think as as fear comes, we lose the trust because we want to control. And I think that's my struggle is I want to control the situation. And when we go through a, a a situation like this, we lose some of that control. And we realize at the end of the day, we're not really in control. And that is can be destabilizing. Uh, maybe nobody else struggles with that. Maybe it's just Aaron Santamayor. But we want to control the situation and control the narrative. But when we walk through these things and fear begins to creep in, we realize 
that um, the only one is in control in these situations is God and we have to trust in him. And so that idea of just going back to that fear pyramid of maybe you're, you're, you begin to think about dying and, and you're afraid of dying. What if I get this and what if I die? Then we think about what if I, I'm, I'm losing my autonomy? What if I get stuck in my country? I had plans, travel plans as, as that is morphing and, and, and changing. I'm not going to be able to travel. And then we begin to have fear uh, of being stuck and not being able to make our own choices. Then we see about the fear of separation, losing a, a loved one, maybe that's back in the United States or far away, and we lose them, and those fears can come into our mind. And then also, what if I make a mistake? What if I give this virus to somebody else? What if I make a decision for one of my teammates? What if I make a decision for my, my children? And we begin to think, what of that? Uh, I make a mistake, and then I begin to fear and be paralyzed in that. My my word of encouragement for us today is, is not to forget um, who our hope hope is in. I know you. We love Jesus, and um, and in these times, sometimes we can fear can override, and we begin to to run in areas of fear, and those, and then anxiety comes in, and, and that, that, that anxiety is we we have this turmoil in our heart and life because the the future is uncertain. We don't know. We we're not prophets. I tell my patients frequently, I'm not a prophet. I don't know the future. But when we're faced with these ter- certain types of situations, we we become we can become anxious. In the sense that, what are we going to do? There's this sense of turmoil that's uprising in me. Um, recently, in the last uh, two weeks, I think that I, I have been going through is called a one-minute pause. You can download it; it's an app, and it just walks you through a time of, of meditation on God's Word, who God is, and once again focusing on who who God is in us. And um, it's it's an excellent app, and um, it's Christ-based, Christ-centered. That God restore my union with you. God restore my trust in you. God that I can put my hope and faith in you, and walks you through that time. And, and that's a that's a tool that I would encourage you to use in that. A lot of times is 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 humans we want what can i do aaron you, you've talked about fear you've talked about that what can i do practically we began with the medical things we can do then we 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 can we can look at those things and trust in um the what the cdc and what the information we have and like i said the email that heather sent out was phenomenal the second thing we can do i think is in this is not spread um things we heard you know i've heard many people share well i heard this i saw that or da 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 that's how rumors and, and things can grow. What we should share is we know as facts. And facts is what the, the CDC knows as now, as I shared, not the newsmen, not the, what I heard, not what a friend said and what I think or thought um, or feel, but what the facts are that we know from the scientists that, um, that are looking and spending hours upon hours looking at this virus and trying to figure out a solution for it as we go forward. And so not um, spreading... Um, the reality of it is gossip or rumors because those things can spin. And as we we're living and working in Africa, um, we want to be examples and models of, of truth and that's trusting in God's word and, and not being the source of a, a rumor that would spread and spread quickly and maybe might 
create more panic, more destabilization, and more fear in somebody that is unneeded um, at that time. And then the last thing is, I think we 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 have to, as we follow the the information, washing our hands, good hygiene, keeping a distance, um, and and those type things. Then we think about we're going to to not spread information that we've heard, thought, or feel unless we're we know that it's fact. And then we come down to the last thing is trusting in God and resting in His love. And I know that it sounds like a very Christian answer at this time, um, but the reality of it is we're all Christians and um, and and praying. You say, well, Aaron, I want something, you know, I can do. And But the reality of it is trusting and focusing him. As I shared that one-minute pause app has been valuable for me um, just to focus on him, who my trust is in, and um, that he is the one that I can put my hope in all day long. Just a few verses, I think, just to, of a word of encouragement um, to you. And you know these verses well. First Peter 5, 6, and 7, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. I just want to reassure you today that God does care for you and you can cast your anxieties, you can cast your fears back onto him and he is He is there and um, God is in control and we can trust in him and he's a faithful God that loves and cares for us more um, than we can ever imagine. The other thing I, I think of is, is Psalms 25. As we look at Psalm 25, we think about the text where it says, show me your ways, Lord, teach me your path guide me in your truth and teach me for you are my God and my Savior and my hope is in you all day long God is my hope is in you all day long it's not in these other things God but my end of the day my hope and trust is in you and through, when we go through these difficult times these destabilizing times these things are feel out of control I remember when I was in Burkina and had malaria and struggled with that I felt like I was out of control I felt destabilized but what it did make me realize was how dependent I was on God and how much that I needed him each and every day. And as we come to to these types of times, we can say, God, my hope is in you, not just in the morning, not just in the afternoon. God, my hope is in you all day long. And I would encourage you just to just to think and dwell on that and to, to repeat that. God, my hope is in you all day long. When we begin to fear in areas, my God, my hope is in you all day long. And then we know in Romans um, chapter 8, verses that we've, we've heard many times and we've, we've shared many times, but I think are, are pertinent to this situation and apply to this situation and can be in a word of encouragement um, for us all. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And the reality of it in this situation, God is for us. And so even though we do not understand, maybe we, we're fearful, we can say God is for me. And that puts wind in our sail or gas in our, in our tank, as I like to say. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. I want to encourage you today with that word of hope um, and that God is interceding for you and I. God is is for us and God is is there intercede Jesus is there interceding um, for us. And who should separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long, and we are considered as sheep led to the slaughter. 
We know that God loves us. We know that he cares for us in these times. And we also know as we continue on, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so just a word of encouragement, from not from Aaron's thoughts, not from Aaron's feelings, not from the things that he's reasoned or the stories that he's, he's told himself, because we know that a lot of times we, when there's lack of information, we, we fill in those stories as Brene Brown would share. We fill in those stories just to make ourselves feel better, but not that. We're saying God's word, this is what God's word is reassuring of us today, reassuring us today that he loves for, loves us, he cares for us, he's for us, we can put our hope in him, that um, our hope can be in him all day long, and that we can cast these anxieties and fears onto God because he cares for us. I just would like to take a minute um, just to pray, and uh, a prayer a prayer of blessing, a prayer of peace um, for those the listeners to this um, special bonus episode on the, the just, just had a uh, desire to do this just because as I see the, 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 the panic and the fear and the hysteria and, and those things and know that the, the enemy can use fear to destabilize us. And um, I just thought it would be good to come today just to share what, what, what God is doing for us in this time. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this podcast. Father, we thank you for the, the internet that we can have um, a time just to share. Father, I thank you for the workers wherever they're at in Africa. Maybe they're in Senegal. Maybe they're in Mali. Maybe they're in Cote d'Ivoire. Maybe they're in Kenya or Tanzania or Zanzibar. Maybe they're in South Africa or Mozambique. Wherever they're at, God, at this time, as the information is getting out, and God, maybe they're just struggling with fear. Maybe they're struggling with anxiety. Maybe they're not worried about themselves, but maybe they're worried about a family or a loved one. Maybe they're worried about making or or have fear of making the wrong decision. Maybe they're a team leader in God, the weight of this and the decisions they need to make, God, it just is weighing on them. And God, I pray for your peace and our hope to be in you. God, that their peace comes from you, our hope to be in you, God, and our trust is in, in you. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your encouragement. God, I pray for each mother, God, that has young children. God, that it may be the the fear and anxiety of what if my child gets sick in a situation like this. God, that once again, she'll put her hope and trust in you. Maybe a father who's the head of the household and he's thinking uh, the responsibility, the weight of this, this is not what I signed up for. This stress, this is not what I signed up for. Father, I pray that he will focus on who you are. God, and what you've done in, in for him already, and God, that you are with him, God, that you love him, God, that you care for him, God, that you will give him wisdom, Father, that you'll give him courage, and then, God, you'll give him peace in your his heart to trust the outcomes to you, God, because you're the only one that, that controls outcomes, not me, not anyone else, God, you control outcomes, and Father, we, we are thankful that we can put our trust in you, that, God, you are for us. Father, I pray for Listeners that maybe have started to fill in stories and maybe told them to make them understand and they've just filled in um, stories and tried to gather information and Google it and, and look and search and talked about it, God, to fill in the holes in this story, God, because they, they feel uh, nervous and unsettled by the lack of information. God, I, I pray that they put their trust in you because this situation we know is moving and it's fluid, but God, our trust is in you and God, you are, you're not moving. God, you're not uh, someone that is that is surprised by this. God, you're not someone that is saying, wringing your hands and feeling gets out of control. God, you're in control. 
And Father, we love and we care for you. Um, and we're thankful for you, God, that you care for us. Father, we pray all these things in the name of Jesus, the strong Son of God. Amen.